17 it is. And uh, this morning, I just want to briefly talk with you about the journey to Christmas. 15 days out, the journey to Christmas. And every time I think of this word journey, you know the first movie that I think of? I wonder what the first movie it is that you think of when you think of the word journey. You know the first movie that I think of when I think of the word journey? It's the movie Lord of the Rings. Yeah? Anyone seen the movie The Lord of the Rings? It's about this hobbit Frodo and the fellowship, his friends who come and they're to deliver a ring to the fire. They're on this journey together and they go through the ups and downs of life, I think through a series of three movies. <laughs> this journey. You know, another movie that I think of when I think about the, this word journey is the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. Anyone ever heard of that? It's a 1995 movie. It's about a teacher. It's about a teacher, it is. And it's this teacher who uh, is getting that stage of his life, and throughout his life, he's put children, he's put people before himself, and he's got a deaf son, and he's working through complications of family, and he wants to write this composition, this, this one that's going to change the world in some way or another. And he's on this journey throughout this movie, Mr. Holland's Opus. And at the end, it's kind of like his opus is that in which he has raised up the next generation. That's what his opus is, a great movie. These movies that uh, are on journey, of course, Star Wars is coming out in a couple of days. Anyone ready for Star Wars? And what an incredible journey Star Wars is on every, a, a galaxy far, far away. What a journey they are on, each and every movie. Well, as a child growing up myself, speaking of the journey to Christmas, my parents would load us up in the Holden, four kids and two adults in a Holden. And we'd make the journey every Christmas, I'll never forget it, from Launceston to a place called Fingal. For those who are participating online this morning, maybe watching from Fingal, it's great to have you with us. Anyone know where Fingal is, right? It's on the way to St. Helens, right? It's this little town, a beautiful little town. I pretty much spent most of my young years in a place called Fingal, where my grandmother was. My grandfather had passed away at the particular time. And my relatives would gather around the Christmas table and my, my grandmother would cook up a storm. The Christmas dinner and the uh, Christmas pudding and the custard, of course, I would never forget. And so we as a family would, would load up in the Holden, the six of us. Don't ask questions about that. But we would make the journey on Christmas morning and we would fight, we would argue, we would complain about which radio station we would be listening to what the temperature in the car, and if you're anything like me, you know that imaginary line? You're not allowed to touch me, don't touch me. That imaginary line would always be abused. There's a temperature in the car, and the, uh, the, uh, we'd play I Spy. I Spy with my little eye, we'd do those kind of things. And we would always ask mum and dad hundreds of times on the way in the journey, like every child asked their parents on a car trip, help me out here, are we, are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet? And it only takes an hour. only takes an hour from here to Fingal. But we will continually ask, are we there yet? I guess the question I'm asking is here this morning, this Christmas, this journey to Christmas is, is this. Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Have you made your own journey to Christmas? Because Christmas has always been about two journeys. The first journey is this. It's God's journey to you. And the second journey is your journey to God. You know, the first song we sang this morning, a great Christmas carol went like this. It said, joy to the world, 
The Lord is come. Let earth receive her. Let earth receive her king. We kind of sing over that and don't really think about it. But just from these next few moments, I want us to think about that. What's happening in this story? You know, we heard donkey there before. Because when God made his journey to us here, everything about the first Christmas was unexpected. If he was a king, this was a royal welcome deserved of that. You see, if the president came to town, or the prime minister came to town, or some other dignitary came to town, we would soon find a room for that person. You see, Joseph and Mary, as we heard in the story, they had to travel from an insignificant town called Nazareth. Does anyone remember how far? 70 miles on a donkey. They had to travel from this insignificant town called Nazareth to Bethlehem on a donkey. This was the king coming to earth, yet there was no vacancy available. You know that uh, Christmas carol, Away in a Manger? The cattle are... You know what that means? Jesus was born in a barn, and in other words, the cow, animals, are in his delivery room. Could you imagine the smells? Mary herself, she was a teenager. This was an unexpected journey from heaven to you. Now, most probably, the, the most unexpected part of this journey was that this was first announced to the shepherds. Now, if you don't know much about shepherds, shepherds back in the day were smelly people. <laughs> they were dirty people. They lived out in the fields. I don't know if you when the last time you spent time out in a paddock. This is what these shepherds spent time in. Yet, the first thing that the Christmas story, the first people the Christmas story is revealed to is the shepherds. I wonder. I wonder why. I think this is here is what the angels announcing to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy and it will be for all the people. Could you help me out here this morning? Can we say that again? This will bring good news that will cause great joy for who? All the people. Very good. For all the people. You see, God's journey for us from heaven to earth was not for a select few. The Bible tells us that the Christmas story is for all people, not just the well-mannered or the well-behaved, but it's for all people, not just for the great marriages and the wonder, those who have wonderful careers. No, it's for all people. You see, at Christmas, God was making this huge announcement that Christmas was for everyone, for everyone, no matter who you are. No matter what you've done, no matter how you look, no matter where you've come from, guess what? The Bible teaches us that Christmas was for all people of good news, of great joy for all people. You see, many people think that God is only good to people who are good. In other words, if you are good, you get the goods. If you are bad, you get the bads. It's that kind of like, a performance-driven idea that's going on in people's minds because what they've done here is they've confused Jesus and Santa Claus. You see, Santa Claus, he's the guy who's making the list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's... That's that performance-driven idea that people have somehow gotten onto. But in the Bible, it clearly paints to us that God is not like that. 
You see, God, the, the Bible would say, He's even good to those who don't believe. God is good to those who ignore Him. God is good to those who even reject Him. In Psalm 145 verse 9, it says this. It says that the Lord is good to all. There's that word again, right? That the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. You know what the world teaches us? The world teaches us that you get what you deserve. And because of that, you know what you and I tend to do? We're told that we've got to try harder. We've got to try harder. You know, there are entire religions in this world that are built on this performance model. There's even that word I'm sure some of you come across. I certainly have. It's that word called karma. Karma is the idea that our past actions impact our current and future state. You see, it's the idea that what goes around comes around. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. But this idea of karma leads to a bad end. And I don't know about you, but that's a whole lot of torment to me because karma is not much comfort if I've gone through Cyclone Debbie back in March and it's my fault. Remember our country in March? Up in the northern part of our country, what they went through? You think about good news. We need good news, don't we, for our world? We need good news for our country. We need good news for our world. You see, karma doesn't help the parents who lost their daughter in the Las Vegas shooting back in October this year. You see, karma says if you fall over and break your leg, that's what you deserve. Yet Jesus walks by, and I think this is the Australian attitude, and he says, can I help you? Can I help you up? Because Christmas, his story is for all people. And fortunately, God doesn't operate by karma, but he operates by grace. And we sing this song here at Door of Hope every now and then. It's called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. What's grace? Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And that's why God loves us so much. We get what we don't deserve. That's the kind of God He is. You know, there are products that came up on my social media um, uh, format there the other day. There was a particular product that was advertised that you think should be for all people. But they advertise these particular products to a select few. The first product I want to introduce you to this morning is a water bottling company that produced a thing called Bling H2O. water. This is water. Listen to their ad just for a moment. More than a pretty taste, Bling H2O is pop culture in a bottle. It's not for everyone, just for those with Bling. Bling H2O. By the way, prices start at $50 and go right up to $480. Water. You know the second product that I came across? You would think would be for all people. It's toilet paper. Toilet paper, I kid you not. Black Renova toilet paper. Listen to this ad. Elegance. Sophisticated. Rebellious. (laughs) Alternative and fashionable. Black toilet paper isn't for everyone but it is synonymous with sophistication and style. You know a price for a toilet roll of this kind? $15 a roll. 
$15. I kid you not. That's literally flushing your money down the toilet right there. <laughs> toilet paper you think should be for everybody, all people. But this company comes along and says, no, 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 no. We're going to choose a select few who this belongs to. And you know what? As we come back to the Christmas story just for a moment. Jesus comes along and says the Christmas is for all people. John 3, 16. For God so loved. God so loved the world. It's for the wise kings who have extravagant gifts. It's for the humble shepherds who have very little to give. It's for all people, young and for old. It's for you who have your PhD. It's for you who are working on your HSC. It's for you who live off unemployment benefits. It's for you who live off a trust fund. It's for you who are single wishing you were married. It's for you who are married maybe wishing you were single right now. It's for those of you who like pop music. It's for those of you who like rock music. It's even for those of you who like country music. It's for all people. It's for the orphans who are in the slums across the world. It's for the addicts who are recovering. It's for cancer patients in hospitals and treatment centers. It's for inmates who will, speed, <clears throat> who will spend another Christmas behind bars. You know what? Christmas is for all people. Christmas is about two journeys. Can I remind you that journey again? It's about God's journey to you. And it's about your journey to God. You see, when the announcement was made to the shepherds that a Savior was born, you know what the, the initial reaction was, was from the shepherds? And I think you and I would probably react the same way. It was, they were pretty terrified. They were afraid. They, the Bible teaches that the shepherds, the, the Christmas story was revealed to the shepherds first, that they were filled with fear. It's a pretty normal response when you see that kind of thing happening in front of you. But generally, sometimes, that's how spiritual journeys begin. Sometimes we're a little unsure about that. And this is the, the response from the shepherds. And one thing that I appreciate about these shepherds is after they got over this initial fear, they kind of had that attitude of, well, let's go and investigate. Let's go and explore what this is all about. And so they did that for themselves. You see, spiritual journeys always begin with exploration. And the Bible says, all those who will diligently seek God will find Him when they seek Him with all their heart. You see, we've got so much distraction going on. If I was, asked, if I was to ask you this morning, I wonder how many of us have a phone. Most of us would probably put our hands up. Most of us would have access to certain things on that phone. Most of us you know, turn the phone up and this, and we've got so many distractions going on. But the Bible teaches us that those who will diligently seek God and get those distractions away from our lives will find Him. So once again, God made a journey and He made it to you. And maybe this Christmas, consider making your journey to Him. I don't believe it's any accident why you are here today. You see, God was speaking to these shepherds and they went and made their journey to Christmas. And I'm convinced this morning as we sit here, as we reflect on the journey to Christmas, that there are many of us here today who are 18 inches away from Christmas. 18 inches away from experiencing the Christmas gift of Jesus. 
18 inches away from experiencing that amazing grace and forgiveness in our lives. 18 inches. Well, Steve, what do you mean by 18 inches? 18 inches, what I mean by that is from here to here. From our heads to our hearts. And that's where it takes faith to travel this far to this far. It takes faith. And so the way that you travel that last 18 inches is with two words. And these two words change everything. You know when you see a couple who, a lot of weddings this time of year, and they stand in front of each other and they ask the questions, and they respond with two words. That changes everything. What are those two words? I do. It changes everything. You know, as the person stands up in court and says two words, and it changes everything, and they say, not guilty. It changes everything. You see, if you want to make that journey to Christmas the way that he's made his journey to us and travel that 18 inches, it takes these two words. I believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I believe that he is the Savior of the world. I not only believe, but I receive. So can I ask you this question this morning, the same question, going back to the start of my story, traveling from Launceston to Fingal, in that car journey, can I ask you that same question here this morning? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Have you made your own journey at Christmas? So, with that 18 inches between our heads and our hearts, with that childlike faith, Would you say these two words with me, just in your heart of hearts? You don't have to. But those who want to this morning, you say, I believe. I believe. As the singers sing, I believe.
two words change everything. Can we bow for prayer? Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the Christmas journey. I thank you that you journeyed to us here on earth. Father, I thank you for the journey that we can make to you here today. I thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us your one and only son. This baby who went through so much, yet you were willing. And you chose the announcement that was made to the shepherds. Communicating that Christmas is for all people. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, and no matter where we've come from. Father, this morning I thank you for the courage and the humility for the people who have prayed these two words. I believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus the Son. And they've traveled those last 18 inches to you. And we rejoice with them. And maybe there are people here today who aren't quite ready to pray that two-word prayer. Maybe they're exploring. They're on that journey. Would you grant them each the courage to do it? Because those who diligently seek you will find you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen and amen. Just as I wrap up and as we stand in a moment to sing, I just want to say for those of you who said those two words here this morning, that I believe that I receive. I want you to know that myself and the angels in heaven and everyone here, we congratulate you here. We are here with you. We are here to support you. You're welcome here. Can we congratulate those people who said those two words this morning? I also realize there are people here this morning that this uh, next couple of weeks for you is more than just a holiday, but it's a holy day. And we're going to stand right now and sing our final carol together, Oh Holy Night. And I know just like the shepherds who knelt that night and acknowledged this was the Christmas gift for all people, that maybe in our heart of hearts we'd be kneeling before Him as we stand, as we sing with full voice this morning. Let's lift this roof up and let's wake up our neighbors this morning if they're not already awake and let's sing together, Oh Holy Night. Please stand and sing. Thank you.